0: Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, "How did I get here?" Whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, and somewhere in, somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is a self-professed unicorn, technologist, strategist, mentor, coach, volunteer, and massive advocate for women and girls in STEM. She also has some of the best hair going in our industry. (laughs) She loves talking about people. Um, and about how the lines between technology and human experience are increasingly blurring together. In her day job at IBM, she's global lead for Adobe Workfront. She is an experienced global leader with extensive experience working with information technology and the services realm, skilled in sales, partner and relationship management, enterprise mobility, digital reinvention, go-to-market strategy, and offering portfolio development and management. My guest puts everything she has into things she believes in. One of her passions is ensuring her daughter and everyone else's has access to truly equal and unbiased opportunities across all sectors, particularly tech, which, as a mom with a daughter in STEM, mm. I fully support. Yeah. She is also a massive and vocal advocate for driving better awareness and understanding of mental health and the impact it can have. We met in Vegas, and what happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas, so we won't be talking about that. But I am nevertheless super stoked to hear about how she is changing the world for the better, one purple hair at a time. Welcome, Jay Justine.
1: Oh, Kathy, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to to have you here. We met in Vegas this year at Adobe Summit, had a great conversation. I'm sorry I had to jet and uh, go catch my flight, but you know what? It happens. It does. Um, you know, that was strictly the highlight reel. Maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about what you do with IBM X.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I've worked for IBM now for 18 years, I'm straight out of college and haven't left. I think I've had five careers in my time there, but currently I work within our IX digital agency brand as part of the global um, partnership team aligned to Adobe. And I run our Adobe Workfront business, as you've mentioned. But more importantly, we're kind of angled around content supply chain. So that's everything from how we turn up in the market for our customers, how we organise ourselves from an organisational standpoint and
0: education
1: and people and delivery and culture and fun and everything and everything in
0: between. Well, we won't geek out too much on content (laughs) because this is not a content focus, but the content supply chain, I am super excited about as a, as a former internal comms person turned technologist turned consultant and strategist. um, I think it's one of the more exciting things that have, have come out of late in our industry. So Um, If you're ready, I will jump into our four core questions and get going. Let's go. All right. So what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up?
1: I wanted to be a Formula One driver because I wanted to spray everybody with big bottles of champagne.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and who doesn't, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it just, it feels, and I do want to, I still want to do that, by the way um i just haven't found the occasion where it's appropriate yet, yet.
0: well we were just in vegas if there's ever yeah. a <laughs> missed to spray opportunity. people of champagne
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah missed opportunity well, for
0: sure. uh, yeah i well i am now on a personal uh, quest to find you that opportunity yes i'm making a note <laughs> of that uh, so was there somebody that you remember as being a big influence in your life early on oh so, so many.
1: Um, and I think really the significance of those people has only really become apparent to me in later life. But the two biggest influencers were my mum, um, who sadly passed away five years ago, and my nan, who was um, a wartime, um, uh, worked in the munitions factories through World War II, but was actually on the stage. And the two common... Uh, The two common personality traits that these two glorious women had, they were fierce feminists, but they didn't necessarily recognize that about themselves at the time. But they were so passionate for me to make incredible choices that meant I didn't have to compromise who I was um, for other people, a bit based upon their own experiences. So, yeah, my mum and my nan, my nana Peg, who used to be on the stage.
0: so she was an actress?
1: um performer of all kinds singing um acting um she was a contender for uh, Dame Vera Lynn I, apparently the story goes that they were all part of the same um circles and theatre groups and things and um, but my nan t- took a step back to have her family and that was actually one of the uh motivating points those decisions that you make in your life that she had a lot of regret about which you know, stemmed a lot of fire in her belly for me about not making decisions that compromise my own, uh, you know, desires and dreams.
0: That's amazing to have that kind of uh, a role model across multiple generations, mm. particularly of women. Yeah. And now with you, with your daughter of your own, I'm sure you are amplifying <laughs> that tenfold.
1: Yeah, just, <laughs> for just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So yes. it's so important to me that, yes, my own daughter, but... Um, women and people in general um, feel that they're able to fulfill their fullest potential without having to make compromises based upon other people's perceptions of what you should or should not be. I, I fiercely reject that inequity. So yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a, it's a hugely, hugely important topic for me.
0: Excellent. We need all of those that can, can push that agenda. Yeah. Um, and shout it from the rooftop. So is there a song that epitomizes your career or your career paths or maybe something that you're associating with right now?
1: Yeah. And so (laughs) there is, and I was a little bit disappointed when I, so you know, you, you sent me these questions just to give me a heads up of what was coming and it immediately sprung into my head and it is talking heads road to nowhere. And it's not because I believe my career has a road to nowhere far from it. It's because I deliberately take, The road with no destination known and that's really served me well in my career to date so please don't misunderstand when I say it's the talking heads road to nowhere because I've had a wonderful and I'm having a wonderful career but that is the song that immediately accompanies um, my inner monologue when I start thinking about that question
0: (laughs) it's a great song so I I think it's an excellent choice (laughs) well done (laughs) What are three words you would use to describe either yourself or your career, combination thereof? Um,
1: I would have really struggled with this prior to reading Ginny Rometty's um, recent memoirs in uh, Good Power, and she describes it beautifully, beautifully as being in service of, and that's such a incredibly evocative phrase, start of a sentence for me that I feel I make a lot of decisions to be in service of my clients, my family, myself. So yeah, those three words, in service of.
0: Like that. And it's such, you know, you talked earlier about um, compromises and, and whatnot. And it, uh, one thing I, I, I'll, I'll check with you on just to, because I think that's where you're going is it, it's one thing to choose to make the compromise it's another one to have that compromise imposed upon you. Massively. And I, th- yeah, yeah. And I, th- it in service of, again, enables you to serve others in the way that you want to serve them, one, not with their parameters. One
1: hundred percent. And I think as I've got more experienced in my career and as being a person, I've recognized times when. I've been in service of something to the detriment of myself and that was a tough or those were tough lessons to learn but really you can be in service of your clients your employer your family and honor yourself and as a consequence in my experience the outputs are so much better when you're happy you deliver better things you are full of joy for other people around you you're able to make better decisions you deliver greater value so the two should absolutely be complementary to one another
0: 100 percent. so what has your journey been like i know um i spent a few years at ibm via the pwcc acquisition so i know what it's like to be a part of big blue mm. and uh it, for some, it's absolutely a place to thrive, and it seems like you've found that groove. So what's it been like for you, only having worked at IBM?
1: So it's not always been as plain sailing as the story I can tell now. Um, so it comes in two chapters, my IBM career. So far, so far, I, I hasten to add, I've, I'm definitely not done with IBM yet. Um, so originally, I joined within our technology services organization, I was actually... I did a whole bunch of incredible roles within our maintenance function. So effectively, those people that would arrive to fix enterprise compute systems in the dead of night. Um, that was the organisation I worked with to begin with. And I did a whole bunch of stuff from kind of business management where I really started learning how an organization works financially and commercially through to sales and larger deals and account management. Um, and it all comes to that first half of the first chapter, I should say. I don't look it back on it with as much joy as I do my current career and there's a whole whole multitude of reasons for that, um, some of which was um, uh, my husband and I were I just got married and we were trying to have children and we suffered a number of miscarriages so there's a lot of external pressures that really um, put IBM And the organisation I was in under a bit of a microscope from a, I don't know, from a happiness yardstick perspective, call that what you will. Um, And in the UK, uh, you you are able to take, if you so choose, 12 months off on maternity leave. So we were fortunate enough to um, eventually successfully get pregnant and have my, my daughter and at that Point in time speaking candidly I I kind of I didn't know whether I wanted to go back to work I I um I really had lost the verve for it Um, but in that 12 months off what I realized was I hadn't lost the love of IBM I'd lost the love and respect for people who didn't love and respect me and if I looked around the organization at that time I wasn't being treated as a valuable person with career aspirations and and um and passions I was being treated as a commodity and I didn't like that at that same time so you know coming back into the workplace this incredible thing happened IBM and Apple signed this momentous partnership and I was able to secure a position upon my return in that partnership and that really marks the beginning of chapter two and my transition into what's now IBM consulting and I and since then I've really made a career of working in global partnerships and um trying a a number of things from enterprise mobility into now adobe marketing but what i really recognize in myself having gone through these functionally very different roles from business management sales account management enterprise mobility now to marketing is that i really my, my special skill i think is working with hugely diverse groups of people and coordinating the best of everything. Um, So, you know, to my point earlier about being in service of, I'm proudly aware that I'm never the smartest person in the room, but I'm proudly aware that I'm surrounded by just incredible people with hugely diverse experiences, perspective, subject matter expertise, passions... And that when you can get that blend right and that focus right, really incredible things happen. And so that's what I spend my time hunting out now, is those opportunities to work with incredible people and do incredible things. And 18 years later, we're still going strong.
0: Fantastic. Yes, that was uh, that was quite the partnership and what fortuitous timing to come back to. Um, uh, yeah. From, yeah. And, uh,
1: Hugely. And I think that goes to some of my kind of... Um, career guidance I give to people I think it's really it's it's so important to have a plan for yourself and your future and to give yourself structure and a framework to make informed decisions right I think that's so important but don't ever be closed off to circumstance you know I'm I'm a firm believer that sometimes the planets align I love that phrase and for me the IBM and Apple partnership the timing of returning to the workplace of being motivated in different ways by my my daughter dora it gave me a hunger and a tenacity that i hadn't realized i had and gave you know and put in the right circumstances for the right opportunity it just um it it worked really well for me so have a plan by all means but be open to the opportunities as they present themselves would be my guidance
0: So it sounds like that was a pretty significant uh, turning point in your career. Was there, was there, can you think of another time maybe where it really impacted the trajectory of your career? Um, Yeah. That going back to work after, after having your daughter for sure. But was there, was there something, a moment, a decision that really cemented it for you?
1: Yes, definitely. And I, you know, and it's interesting because I wonder if you're, you and your audience can recognize this themselves but you know I I can in the moment you don't often recognize the significance of what's happening it's kind of when you look back right and um, I think over that period of time having Dora and my daughter for some reason it, it, it externalized my fear of being selfish so you know, asking for what I wanted and deserved in terms of pay and compensation, for example, I would never have dreamt to have had those conversations for me. But if it meant I was having it on behalf of my daughter, well, then, you know, all the gloves came off and then I went wading and, and swinging for it. And it was quite that was quite an interesting piece of self reflection that um, I wasn't prepared to fight for myself, I was prepared for, to fight for other people. And, then it made me realize that actually i make my best decisions when they're value based rather than i don't know situationally specific so for example i make i make most of my decisions now on how they make me feel am i going to have fun do they does whatever the decision um ad- align to my sense of ethics of what i feel is important does it enable me to further those causes that are important to me diversity and inclusion um you know do i have the ability to work with great people so I, I i have this framework of making decisions now based on values have fun am i going to have fun am i am i going to be confident i'm changing things for the better and what i realize is that's been heavily influenced by um a lot of pressure going on outside of work and i talk very freely about this because i think it's important for people to understand that you know when you meet somebody for 30 seconds you think wow their careers are amazing they you know what a role model you, you don't know what else is going on for them and for me that means um my fantastic husband who we have our 10-year wedding anniversary on thursday is um suffering with cancer and has been for the past five years and you know he's really really quite poorly um uh, with physical disabilities as a result of brain surgery so you have all of these things that happen around you that Help you make different or better decisions, and for me, it's the fact I never have enough time, and the time I do have is really, really, really important. So, how this has played out for me through my career is I make all the decisions on being confident that I'm going to enjoy myself in the moment. And because when I'm not with my husband and my family, I want to be having a great time at work with the best people doing the best stuff, because frankly, I haven't got time not to, and I've got no inclination not to either so a long way to answer your your question Kathy is like was there or has there been another momentous period I think the whole um the whole learning journey with Dave of making the decision that I don't want to make a compromise on my career that's really important to me but there is a way in which I can manage my family and have a successful career but I need to be clear on what's important for me and my boundaries that's been a wonderful lesson that I've had incredible support, um, achieving, um, but very, very momentous. Looking back on it, didn't realise it in the moment, but can
0: see it now. Looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. It isn't There's it? There's a just? reason why yeah. that yeah. thing has pervasive. Yeah, effort. exactly. So you've been through a lot. Mm. Uh, I love the fact that you're so mm. open and willing to share that because I do. Again, I think that's one of the things we, particularly as women are constantly either being told or talked about or reading about uh, balance. Yes. And balance is often inferred as 50-50, and rarely is it ever 50-50, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's work-life balance, whether it's as a mom, um, whether it's on vacation. <laughs> you know, there's it, very rarely do, do the scales equal out. And And being aware of that, I think, makes it so much easier um, and more manageable be because you recognize that there's going to be times where work is 90% of your day and that's okay. Those are choices. And as long as it's a choice being made in a conscious way, then that's okay. And I know as a, as a mom of, of two, I've been on the road, my kids are, are older than yours, but you know, at 21 and 18, I've been on the road for a good 15 years of their life. And that was a choice. Yes, and I can, you know, I can remember people saying. I was just saying this actually on a previous podcast. I'd have people ask me, you know, you travel so much. Is your husband okay with that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) How does your wife feel about it? So it's 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 really interesting. So you know, we all make compromises, and as long as we're making them consciously that's okay. Yeah. I mean life is about compromise, yeah. right? So, I mean in your role, I you know, my heart goes out to you with with what you're dealing with with your um and having to manage with your your husband. I feel your pain about your mom. I lost mine 4 years ago. So, you know, that's a deep deep stab mm. that you never I don't think you ever get over, you learn to live with it, but it's, you know, there's, it's, it's daily sometimes. What are some of the compromises and challenges you're facing now? I I mean, the, the consulting practice is massive. It's growing huge. You're a primary partner I know with Adobe as well as several other technologies. So, I mean, your life has got to be just slammed from every (laughs) which way. I know, I think you're, I think your, your daughter rides horses, right? So there's, there's that on top of it. So like, (laughs) how are you, how do you find the balance what what does what does it look like for you in a day the challenges the compromises and what really oh, drives well, you to get up in the morning and go yes i want to keep doing this yeah
1: so that's such a such a great question i think the first um the first thing is i'm really comfortable with a level level of absolute chaos um that actually without it i, I, f- I feel <laughs> like i'm missing something so you know my husband laughs because i'm constantly doing three things at once and i like that right i it's something i enjoy but it but i never ever get it right so so here's my every day is different i'm i love starting early because usually nobody else is awake and it gives me some t- time to plan the crazy for the day plan the chaos for the day um but how i'm successful is i think for me what works, and this is not doesn't work for everybody because not as everybody is as comfortable as I am to be so open, and I totally understand. Um, but I have absolute transparency with my team, with my clients, with my partner. They, Adobe, know all of my technology partners know my client who I work with at least fifty percent of every week. They have full transparency and understanding of what's going out at home, so that when I say no, I can't do that time. It's not because you know i'm being unreasonable it's because i'm driving dave to chemotherapy or i'm taking dora to gymnastics or 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 i'm going for a walk with a dog because i'm going to explode if i don't so it's not about justifying why i'm unavailable it's about empowering people to recognize with empathy and kindness that whatever's going on for them might not be the most important thing and perhaps as a better way of achieving whatever their outcomes are the other thing is um Very deliberately, I do a global role because it means I can work the times of the day that suit me and the lifestyle I'm living. So I work late at night, I work early in the morning and I can be super flexible to that. and, and, And that works really, really well for me. So how do I make that work? Again, my management and my leadership, they have full transparency over the situation and they help empower me to be in situations that will set me up for success rather than putting me in situations where they're setting me up to fail. So communication for me is massively key. Being comfortable with chaos um, and writing everything down. Goodness gracious, I've got lists everywhere because if I don't write it down
0: immediately, I forget. <laughs> I hear you. I absolutely hear you on that. If it's not written down, it doesn't it happen. It just doesn't <laughs>
1: happen, yeah. If you're not, and that's what I say to my team. like, don't assume I've remembered. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Feel free to recap in an yeah, email. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've you've figured a lot of things out. I'm sure every day there's a curveball, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't see that coming." But again, you know, with your sense of humor and your embracing of chaos, which uh, I think that's going to become my new mantra. I embrace the chaos. <laughs> um, I, you know, there's, some, there's something to it. it there is something to it. <laughs> You enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. That way, you, like, what what isn't to love about that? Yeah,
1: and I think um, you've spent your entire. Go. I, I, yeah, I think one of the thi- the. So so don't get me wrong. I would um, in a heartbeat would take Dave's illness away if I possibly could, but that's not within my power, and therefore, why even concern myself with the mental fatigue of thinking that way? So we are firm believers in you know you get what you can deal with and find find the lessons and the positivity and what I have learned through Dave's illness is I never know the circumstances under which somebody is behaving the way they are you know perhaps something's not going right for them perhaps having a bad day so I go in typically though you know please don't think I'm some kind of saint here because I lose my rag like the best of us and, and regret things I've said in the heat of the moment. But I try always to go into situations with kindness and empathy and assume people will do the same for me, whether they are or whether they're not, that's not my problem. That's, that's for them. But if I go into situations that way, then I get really comfortable with the fact that I, I probably never finish everything to the standard I would love. I get it done to the point at which I can comfortably pass it on and, and, have capacity for the million other things that are queued up behind it. And I'm okay with that. And I don't worry about it. And I move on. And I think that's one of those real positive lessons that Dave's illness has taught me is be okay with who you are, be comfortable with the choices you make. Perfection is not everything. Nobody's expecting that and everybody's expecting uh, thinking the best of you. You're good.
0: Excellent. Now you've spent your entire career in tech yes if you weren't in the tech space what would you be doing does does jay have an alter ego is there you know a, a you know a formula race car is that still something you're looking for or maybe working in a champagne <laughs> vineyard so that you can you know pop all the bad ones oh, and do yeah, it on a daily totally. basis um so i
1: do have an alter ego so in addition to all the crazy and the, co- the chaos i've told you about we actually have a farm so if i wasn't in tech I would be probably be you know a uh, a potter I love art and I've got I have this romantic notion that I would make amazing pottery whilst farming in Cornwall in the UK where I live sheep so we have lots of sheep as well as our horses so I would I would still be here um just eating lots of lamb <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay then well you know what and with a farm usually comes a farm shed and so lots of room to set up a potter's wheel and make a mess and not have to worry you get it, in the mud. it. yeah
1: I'm just basically I'm spelling out what's going to happen in retirement to you that's what I think that's what I'm doing <laughs>
0: I think that's fabulous. I hadn't a Potter. Yeah, I, I there's a there's an inner artist in me that would love to like come out and pottery is something I've always said I was going to try. But I am so and I always get it wrong, whether you're left brain or right brain when you're not artistic, I see the vision, I have it all up in my head and to my audience, I'm waving my fingers around my head. <laughs> um, but it never quite translates.
1: I'm, I'm, the, <laughs> so... I'm the same. You know, you, I might have desire to be a potter. I never said I, I need to be a good one. <laughs>
0: yes. Perfect. All right. See, they're accepting limitations, being happy with what exactly. you can produce. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly the right attitude, especially when you start out, because apparently it's a lot harder than it looks.
1: Exactly. Maybe we could start a new genre of... of
0: you know rubbish pots
1: that's uh oh
0: m- yes, modern art inspired
1: Etsy. pots yeah exactly <laughs>
0: I think there's something in. well this. I am happy I'm happy to jump on a plane and come across the pond and we can figure that out and so. drink and spray champagne <laughs>
1: everywhere whilst we're doing it right
0: Right? I'll even bring the champagne. Okay, you're on. Um, Jay, this has been fabulous. And you've already given me, I feel like this is a redundant question because you've already given us so much great advice. But for our listeners, particularly the women in in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, happiness, really?
1: I think the value-based decisions is such a great one so really get comfortable and explore what really makes you tick not in a salary widgety fashion I mean what gets you up in the morning what makes you happy and what make? and if you're struggling with that what really makes you angry and cross and go to the opposite and if you if you can be really clear on what those strong foundational values are and use those values to make decisions. I don't think you can go far wrong.
0: Simple. Yeah. Very simple. I that's that is great advice. So I mentioned uh, we were just in Vegas together. Um, do you have any upcoming speaking events or, or posts? Where can our audience find you on the World Wide Web?
1: Yeah, so it's um, it's definitely conference season for us at the moment. And really excitingly, we are going really large with our partnership with Adobe and, and the content supply chain. So I've got quite a, a hectic calendar for the next kind of six months. So next up would be IBM Think, um, in the beginning of May um, and then EMEA summit in London in June. Um, and we've got some other fun can lion um the creativity festival coming up also in June. So yeah, out and about, but if, if um, anybody wants to make contact between now and then LinkedIn is always such a great place. Um, I am the Jade for with the unicorn.
0: <laughs> yes, you are. Yes,
1: I am. Well,
0: Jay, thank you so much for today's conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, like I said, I've mentioned a couple of times now, we, we met in Vegas um, over a work breakfast lunch, but I, I was instantly attracted to your your energy and just had to learn more about you. And I am so glad that you accepted um, and graciously accepted my invitation to, to be on Uncharted Journey. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
0: And to my audience, thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jay and hearing about how following your values and trusting your gut in the decisions that you make can't lead you astray and will get you to your ultimate destination, whatever that may be. And you don't need to know what that is, according to Jay. And so if you're keen to hear more stories from more amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list and check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey.